Nothing ruins my day more than when someone sends me a text that ends with a period. A simple text like, hey, what's up, that ends with a period completely infuriates me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know what? It's, it's just trying to be grammatically correct. I don't see what the problem is. First off, thanks for tuning in to the Nothing to Say the fans podcast. I'm Sam, joined every day by Jason. What's up? And if you're if you're a first time listener, don't turn it off. Don't worry. This will be hopefully an enjoyable hour for you. And if you listen to our first two episodes, then welcome back. Absolutely, welcome back. Thanks for the support on the first two episodes. I know it was more than uh, we thought it was going to be. So anybody who has tuned in to listen, thank you very much. It's really weird that people have spent an hour listening to us talk. Well, actually, they've done it twice now. It's two hours, so sorry we stole two hours of your life. <laughs> Never getting it back. Nope. nope. But what, is, what you are stealing is my sanity when you end a text with a period. So tell them the story, because that was literally last night. What was the text that you sent me after, after I sent you a text that had a period in it? What was your response well, you could, to me? I am, I am now convinced you're doing this just to spite me because i've told you this before that it that i don't like it oh man (laughs) and then all of a sudden out of the blue you started adding them and i wasn't going to call you out on it i was going to be kind i was gonna be like oh well jason will figure it out like he knows who he's talking to he's not he's gonna stop doing it but you've done it for like a couple weeks now and just out of out of the blue i kindly reminded you that i'm not a fan of the whole period to end text thing. I believe your text to me was first was like, oh, and I do have to say ending text with period with a period is unacceptable <laughs> or something like that. And I was, I'm not a, like a very serious guy. I joke around a lot. I was being dead serious. Oh, and you know what? It's funny that I sent it's funny that you said that last night because you were, you were mad last night for other stuff. So, I was having a bad time. I know. I, 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 didn't, I didn't play well and pick up basketball. My life was just, it was just upside down, man. You know what? You know what's upside down? So you're talking about pet peeves. Is My sister does this all the time, and apparently your girlfriend does it too, is pour milk in first and then the cereal. What the hell is that? It's just a shame. What is that? Like – if if she and I'm not talking about your sister, I'm talking about my girlfriend. If she wasn't like gorgeous, I would have dropped her as soon as I heard that she did that. Wait a second. It's just it's just <laughs> wrong. It's just wrong. It's I don't I don't I don't know, man. It's like you're having at that point you're having cereal with your milk. And I know in the end it all ends up being the same thing, but it's it's wrong. It's just not right. <laughs> like, is there any fundamental reason why? No, but it just – it's wrong, <laughs> plain the and point, simple. The point of you're eating cereal is to eat most of the cereal. If you're filling up the, the bowl with the milk, the cereal is not going to suddenly sink down. And if it does, then it's soggy and you're not going to eat it anyway. Exactly. So you're literally only eating the – the pieces that are hovering over. Yeah, I don't understand. People are weird. I don't know about you, but I need I need a full bowl of Honey Bunches of Oats cereal in the morning if it's going to be a good day. I've never eaten Honey Bunches of Oats. 
I, again, another thing that just wrong. I know. You told me to draw it. I just I haven't gotten around to it yet. I, I guess the gotten... theme the theme of our friendship is me saying stuff and you just blatantly not listening. Blatantly not listening? Really? Yeah. Which is weird because you have like really big ears too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny, dude, because our ears are completely opposite because mine are big and yours are like ridiculously small. So you know what it is? We're I just wrestled, opposite. Oh, I wrestled in middle school. And they, they, every practice, they were like, oh, use your headgear. Don't be like a hard head. Like, you'll save your ears. And I didn't, I practiced without a, the headgear. Kind of, kind of gave me a little cauliflower ears, a little bit. A little bit. That's what you happens have, when you're just, that's what happens when you're a sweaty man's armpit you have for a, two hours. You have a bigger nose than I do. Well, I mean, everyone knows why that is. Everyone knows why that is. Nice job. Because of my my Hebrew heritage. Ah, oh, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Um. Well, there's not really a, uh, a. Oh, you know what? Actually, you know what? Forget it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this right now because since we're on the topic of pet peeves, so we're gonna introduce a segment called "Listen Up," and it's basically oh credit. I want to give credit where credit is due. That title came from my sister. Listen up. So hey, she I doesn't think. earn that credit if she keeps putting pouring milk in her cereal bowl first. Yeah, we'll take it away five episodes from now. If she, I'll say I created that title or Sam made it if she keeps doing the cereal thing. So, but yeah, for now we're warning her. But she did come up with listen up. So listen up is basically just going to be a three to five minute segment where one of us, after we've seen something that's happened earlier in the sports week. Just either completely disagree with or completely hate. And we're going to take three or three to five minutes to completely rant about it. And for the first time that we're doing the segment, listen up, uh, that falls to me because earlier in the week, the NFL released their top 100 players in the league as voted on by their peers. And there is a, there are two particular placements that I do not understand at all. And this involves quarterback Philip Rivers and quarterback Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, the previous year, was rated as the 11th best player in the league. This year, according to these rankings, he's 25. Philip Rivers, last year, was 56th, and now he is 17th. So he is actually eight slots ahead of Russell Wilson after he was 45 slots behind him last year. So you must be thinking to yourself, well, Philip Rivers must have had just leaps a leaps and bounds better year than Russell Wilson. No, bull crap. So here's what here's what happened. So Sam, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this question and tell me if you agree with me. So I would say the yeah. four the four most important stats for a quarterback are touchdowns, okay. interceptions, yards, okay. QBR. Uh-huh. What where what about those win losses? Win losses. I mean, yeah, sure. If you want to throw the win losses in there too, but I was just talking about individual stats because this is the ranking is based on individual players, not the team success. So touchdowns, yards, interceptions, and then QBR. QBR. Yes. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense so far. Okay. Well, you want to know who won three of those four? Russell Wilson. He threw hmm. for thirty-five touchdowns. Philip Rivers had thirty-two. Wow, now you're saying that might not be a huge discrepancy. Well, 
Philip Rivers threw for 12 interceptions. Russell Wilson threw for seven. Now, Philip did have him in yards. Philip had 4,300. Russell Wilson had 3,400. But Russell ran for about 400 yards. Wilson's QBR was 110.9. Philip Rivers was 105.5. Not super big. Not super big. But he did beat him in three out of the four stats. But who had the better win-loss? Yes, I understand. Philip Rivers did have the better win-loss. But this is base this is going off of last season's performance. Last season's mm-hmm. performance. And one thing that I think is understated in all of this is Russell Wilson's offensive line last year was atrocious. It was so bad. He was running for his life. The only reason why the Seahawks even won the handful of games that they did. They made the playoffs. They did, but they could have done a whole lot better if Russell Wilson wasn't running for his life last year. Russell Wilson got sacked 51 times last year. 51 times. And if you look at and you think about who the – like Phillip Rivers and the Chargers this year, according to – Virtually any anybody you talk to in the sports world has the Chargers as a favorite to possibly go to the Super Bowl. Their offense is stacked. Their defense is stacked. Who's Russell Wilson throwing to? Can you name me two? Uh, can you name me like two wide receivers on the Seahawks? Is Baldwin still there? I believe Doug Baldwin. Yes, is still there. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I can't name a second one. Right. So he was he like who was he throwing to? He wasn't who was really his throwing running to. back. Who is his running back? Who is his running well, I guarantee I can't I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I think <laughs> exactly. that tells you I think that tells you exactly the point that I'm trying to make. Like Russell it was basically Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin last year, who only had six hundred yards. He only had six hundred yards and he only played in thirteen games. Hmm. So when you talk about what was around Russell Wilson, to be able to throw for 35 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and have a QBR of almost 111, I just I don't understand how Phillip Rivers can, be, can jump from 56 to 17 and Russell can drop from 17 to 25 when statistically you look at them individually and Russell Wilson had on paper, a better a better season than Phillip Rivers did. I, I hear you. I don't understand. And, like, just – I want to ask you right now. If you were to start a team, or if you were to just – well, not start a team because that's because then you'd pick the young quarterback. But if you were to go into game one next year, who do you want as your quarterback, Russell Wilson or Phillip Rivers? Um, it depends on a lot, but I, I agree with you that Wilson was in the MVP conversation for most of last year. I didn't yes. hear a lot for Philip Rivers just purely because his team was the Chargers might be the most stacked team in the NFL. Yes. And Wilson was propelled into the MVP conversation because of the magic act that he was doing every single week with that Seahawks team. Mm-hmm. It, for me, it'd be Wilson. Right. And 
the the other stat that I you that you could throw into this that I had totally blanked on completion percentage. Russell Wilson completed sixty five percent of his passes. Philip Rivers completed sixty eight percent of his passes. So, if the rating is not um, since Russell Wilson is only five points ahead of him in rating, and Philip Rivers is only three, why? Well, yeah, five points ahead of him in rating, and Philip Rivers is three percent ahead of Wilson in completion percentages. We'll say that those kind of even out. Russell well, Wilson's touchdown to interception ratio was exponentially better. Well, it's a lot easier to complete passes when you have Keenan Allen getting separation and uh, Mike Williams getting separation. Like the receiving core on LA was way better than what Seattle had. Exactly. So I just I don't understand how Philip Rivers can jump. I mean, I, I get that he can jump because he, as far as he did, because Philip Rivers is definitely a top 25 player but I don't know I don't think he's better than Russell Wilson in in any shape or form and I know that you were talking about the and I believe these rankings are just based purely off of last year but I would like to I mean the NFL players are they're all human I'm sure they're taking into account you know previous season's performance Philip Rivers has done nothing in the playoffs (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Russell Wilson has been in the league since 2012. He won a Super Bowl, brought his team to a second Super Bowl, and Philip Rivers hasn't even sniffed a Super Bowl yet. So, I like I said, I believe these these rankings are just based off last year, but the NFL players are all human. They know, I mean, Philip Rivers has been around for a long time. Russell Wilson is going to be going into his eighth season. Russell Wilson has already accomplished more than Philip Rivers has in terms of the most important goal, which is winning the Super Bowl. So I, I don't understand how Philip Rivers can be put at 17. Like, just switch him. Put Russell Wilson at 17 and put Philip Rivers at 25. Do you yeah. agree? Or I, I hear you, man. I, I understand why you are frustrated. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And that's terrible. All the NFL players are stupid. So... <laughs> <laughs> it was probably all the Raiders fans that voted for Philip. True. Raiders fans have a uh, notorious have a notorious history of being stupid. <laughs> so, <laughs> you should you should listen to them call on the uh, Grant Napier show. Like some yeah, if you guys if you guys want to hear some funny delusional people to the Sacramento based radio stations and count how many times they talk about Derek Carr and his like finishing fourth in the MVP vote season. It's mentioned almost every other caller. No, I, I swear. I am a Raider fan, and that does get brought up a lot. But, I mean, it's it's hard to forget. But it it has kind of worn out. It's a uh, worn out. It's welcome. Yeah. So, and another thing too, like, I'm not going to get into another rant. But Carson Wentz was third last year. He's 96 this year. What is that? He got injured. I understand he got injured. For me, but he 96, was injured last year. But 96, 96, really. He didn't look good. Are there really 96 players in the NFL better than Carson Wentz? Last season, maybe. This is crazy. This list is weird. Whatever. That was list enough. That was my little rant. You know, they should just drug test all the players in the NFL because they're all hopped up on hoodangs and wahoos. Hoodangs and wahoos. (laughs) (laughs) That's on the NFL's, like, band list, right? 
I'm sure, yeah. Especially the Wahoos. <laughs> Could you imagine an ESPN report? Uh, what, I, Jimmy Garoppolo suspended 10 games for failing drug test. Was odd who hangs in who dangs in Wahoos. <laughs> Tested positive for who dangs in Wahoos. Oh, oh my gosh. Reports have failed to come out of where he got the Hoodies and Wahoos, <laughs> but they were found in his car. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so that was Listen Up. That was the very first edition of Listen Up. Whether or not that was a good rant or not, I think it is a valid point. So, um, yeah, well, and the, the way we're hoping Listen Up works is just if we, if we see something that just really, really gets the juices going really gets the passion out we'll bring it here to the show and just let you all hear know about it yeah and whatever you like i would love to hear what you guys think about that do you think that russell wilson should be ranked higher than philip rivers because all the sane people in the world will um but i want to hear the insane people who uh who don't think that so feel free to let me hear your opinion so and uh while we're on it i think this would be a good uh good opportunity to actually just discuss the uh the list in not entirety because we're not going to go through the 100 players but at least like the top 20 yeah Yeah, but at least like the top 20 um and see if we have any uh see if we have any beef with the rankings i'll go down uh the list right now from 20 to 1 so starting with 20 it's andrew luck tyreek hill ezekiel elliott philip rivers saquon barkley bobby wagner alvin kamara Michael Thomas, J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins, and then this is the 10th spot going up to one. Von Miller, mm-hmm. Julio Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Antonio Brown, Tom Brady, Todd Gurley, Patrick Mahomes, Khalil Mack, Drew Brees, Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. So I think the, uh, this is kind of what I, where I wanted to ask you is we have four wide receivers – Four very big name wide receivers, all within, well, actually from 13 to 7. So right here we have Michael Thomas is 13, DeAndre Hopkins is 11, Julio Jones is 9, and Antonio Brown is 7. Do you agree agree with that order? I would honestly drop, oddly enough, Antonio Brown, who's the top-rated, I drop him behind those other three in my rank based off of last season. Oh, so you're just going based off of last season? Because if you take Antonio's career stats for his career in its entirety, it's pretty hard to argue against. But if you're taking purely off of last season, the the head case he was for the Pittsburgh Steelers and how he just gave up on them late in the year, and he wasn't all like astronomically productive. But this list is not if... based on that though. It's I... based off of their production on the on the field. Yeah, but I, I don't think any of that off season stuff uh necessarily affects it. it. Only I mean, unless you're talking about that point where I know you said where he quit on his team, but I mean he would he didn't even play in that game, so I don't even know if I think I think the list is based off just what they did when they were on the field. Like, are they the best player? If you're going off of what each player has in terms of ability at their disposal, Julio Jones is far and away the best wide receiver 
because he's got speed. He's got the height that you need. He's six and three. He's got very good hands. And he's knock on wood, very durable, which plays into account for what how good a player is. I just I just don't I don't agree based off of last year, because I thought last year was more of a down year for Antonio Brown, and it's weird that you reward him with the top spot. Yeah, and Julio Jones is – it's interesting because you said um, Julio Jones. I think the most – I think when you're – if you're trying to compare wide receivers, I think Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins probably compare to one another, and Julio Jones and Michael Oof. Thomas probably compare to one another. M- Michael Thomas is 6'3". Julio Jones is 6'3". I don't know why, but I always pegged uh, Julio Jones as like 6'6". Six, six. I thought he was way taller than 6'3". Because he's got those hops. Yeah, I thought he was way taller than 6'3". Um, but how tall is Hopkins? Because I, I think of him as like six, a jump one. ball guy too. Six one. Mm. And then it's, Antonio- hard you, it's hard to it's hard to compare them because Antonio Brown doesn't really have the same play style. Like he's more of a slot guy, and these guys are all out on the wing. Yeah, and Antonio's five ten. I mean, he's as tall as me. I'm I mean, relatively, I'm five nine. So yeah, he's basically my height. Yeah, I'm five nine. I said basically. Basically, okay. Basically. And the thing that Antonio Brown – I don't mind Antonio Brown being up there. The thing that Antonio Brown has over all these guys is one, two, three, four, five, six. He's the only player in NFL history with six straight 100-yard seasons. Endless hey, we're going off of just last season. Well, you okay. I don't, I don't want to hear about no six, say, six, seven, eight straight seasons of blah, blah, blah. Just last year. Okay. So we'll go – so Julio, I mean Antonio had 104 receptions, 1300 yards, and 15 touchdowns. Um, and Julio Jones, um, he's not going to have a lot of touchdowns last year because he had that one stretch last year where he just he could not get in the end. He went like what the first eight games he could yeah, it was get a touchdown. Ridiculous. It was ridiculous. But he had like 100 yards in every game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so right here he had 113 receptions, almost 1,700 yards, but eight touchdowns. So Antonio was in the end zone seven more times. But so Julio, he had more receptions and yards. Yes, and eight less touchdowns. On a so, weaker team. On a weaker team, yes. On a weaker team. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean, with both guys, you're getting a ridiculous amount of production. DeAndre Hopkins had 115 receptions. With 1,500 yards and 11 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's kind of, I mean, I think Julio, I think I would pick, just based off last year, I would pick Julio and DeAndre. And then and Michael the reason, Thomas. Yeah. Oh, Michael Thomas had 125 receptions, 1,400 yards, and nine touchdowns. I don't put as much merit into what Michael Thomas did last year because he was getting thrown to by apparently the best quarterback in the league. Yes, which kind of, kind of, you gotta account for that on the rankings. Yes. yes. Well, Antonio which, had Big Ben, and say which one about Big Ben? Big Ben is a walk-in Hall of Famer, so more like a limping or hobbling Hall of Famer. At this point, you're not wrong. <laughs> And it's funny. Oh well, actually, no, because 
Because Julio Jones had, I mean, so Antonio Brown had Big Ben, Michael Thomas had Drew Brees, and Julio had Matt Ryan. So, yeah, Drew Brees is the best quarterback out of those three, but those three guys both had three really good quarterbacks going to each other. And I know well, Desha- Matt Ryan's clearing away the worst of those three. Ooh, clearing away. Hot take. Would you rather have, or uh, hot debate, real quick. Would you rather have Ben Roethlisberger or Matt Ryan? Just going off their careers, Ben Roethlisberger oh, has career. had a way yeah. successful career than Matt Ryan. A career. I'm talking about like tomorrow, game one tomorrow, hypothetically. <sighs> well, uh, I'm not. A, I'm not a very big Big Ben fan, so I'd have to go with Matt Ryan. I'm not answering the question. I was just asking you. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> I feel set up. <laughs> you were set up. <laughs> um, I mean, all three. And DeAndre, I mean. Um, okay, I haven't even heard what you would rank them. What I would rank them? Yeah, I, I went out on a limb. I said I'd move Antonio down to that fourth spot and then move everyone else up. What would you do? Um, you know, I... I don't think I have beef with the list. I really don't. I, I think. I guess the only thing that I might switch is no, because I would say maybe Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins, but I don't. I don't think Julio and Antonio. I definitely think Julio and Antonio are are one two. I, I think they are definitely the best um, two wide receivers in the league. I think a lot of people will differ on who they would prefer, but like you said, they both have two completely different play styles. Um, and you can throw jump balls to Antonio because he'll he'll go get them. I mean, he's proven that he can go get them. You just like you said, you have a height advantage with Julio because he's six three, which seems so short. Uh, I but just I guess... remember that catch that he had in the this that Super Bowl against the Patriots, which I think is the greatest catch of all time. Oh, you and I both agree that that catch was better than Edelman's. That that catch, watching it live, like melted my mind. Mm-hmm. It was. Which, I mean, yeah. Our no, listeners I that agree. don't remember, I think it was the third, or is it? I think it was the fourth because I think the at that point the Falcons were were pushing the field. Yeah, they were trying to tie the game, maybe. Well, that's that's not relative to the catch, but. Well, whatever it was, stakes were high. Yeah. And Matt Ryan threw a ball to the sideline that was – it looked like a 11, like 11 feet in the air that Julio had to go up, get it, full extension, and then land on his tippy toes to stick – or no, it was simultaneously, wasn't it? He was on his tippy toes while extending to get the ball. Well, the thing is, dude, so I'm looking at pictures of it right now. So he gets his hands. So he's he's doing a full, like, split in the air, and his fingertips are on the ball. He doesn't even put his feet down until, like, 90% of his body is across the side. I mean, dude, he caught it with his fingertips, and he was, like, laying parallel with the ground and had to, like, shoot his feet down and just – Barely, barely, like I'm looking at a picture of him right now. He's got two toes inbounds, and his body is parallel to the ground. And for our listeners, because we understand this is a podcast and you can't see what we're saying, look up 
the Julio Jones catch real quick. Pause this, look it up so you know what we're talking about. If you type in Julio Jones catch Super Bowl, it it's the first thing. Just I think from an NFL standpoint, one of like the best examples of sheer world class athleticism. It was insane. that they have on display. And that absolutely shatters that like tipped ball pass that Edelman caught. That was just fluky. That was just like it was cool, good concentrate got good concentration, but it was like there wasn't any skill involved. I don't know if I don't know if I can say that, but Yeah, I don't think that's the right word. I think it was just <laughs> I think it was just right place, right time, you know? Wait, you don't want to you don't wanna hop on that that with me? No, dude, I gotta I get I always give respect to my little white guy receivers. I love Julian Edelman, so I love the way he plays. Yeah. So, but no, I know I agree that Julio Jones catch was insane. But still, I mean Antonio Brown, I I don't know. I don't think I have any beef with the list. The only thing that I might switch is Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins. But I think DeAndre to do what he did with I think I think DeAndre to do what he did last year when you compare the four quarterbacks that were throwing to these four wide receivers, I think mm-hmm. DeAndre doing what he did with Deshaun Watson. Now Deshaun Watson's not a scrub by any means, but He's not Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, or Matt Ryan, so he's definitely fourth on that list, and it's not even close. So to be to be doing what he did with Deshaun Watson as a quarterback compared to the three guys, you know, it makes you wonder what he would do if he had Drew Brees, you know, or if he had Matt Ryan or Big Ben. Just, just won't be fair. Yeah. So, and that's the thing that I wish that I almost wish you could see with DeAndre is to just stick him on like. Like the Patriots for a year, you know, or the Saints for a year, or somewhere, or the Chiefs. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, the what do you think about? Um, you know, what I will say really quickly. Mm-hmm. I think Tyreek Hill had a better year than Antonio Brown last year. Oh yeah. Do you think I got the stats to back it up? Um, I mean, it depends on, uh, well. Because they play the same position than the other three do. So Tyreek Hill had 87 receptions and about 1,500 yards. So he got pretty much the same amount of yards with like 20 less catches. Mm -hmm. And he was in the end zone 12 times. So I can understand. Does that account what... for special teams? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um, but I can understand why you would say that. Because if I'm a they... team, I'm more scared of going against Tyreek Hill than Antonio Brown. Well, you're more scared of going against Tyreek Hill because the dude can come out of the backfield too. Well, he can just dust me. Like yeah, but no I still, other. Well, I know he's a wide receiver, but I don't know. I uh, you're you're afraid of. I'm afraid of Tyreek. Okay, so I'll take what you said. So I'm I'd be more afraid, I guess, of Tyreek Hill on a deep ball. But I'd be more afraid of Antonio Brown, just as a wide receiver. But if I'm talking about a straight foot race down the field, then yeah, Tyreek Hill. But I guess I'm looking I, at this from a safety standpoint because I played 
safety for one year. I was awful. Not very relevant. But I'm more okay with those underneath balls where you get those first downs and move the chance. I'm more scared of a guy that can run past a double team and there's nothing I can do about it because his quarterback can throw it a mile. Like, what are you supposed to do with that? And he did that to every defense that he played against. Well, that's funny that you say that because I kind of look at it as from the cornerback side. And I always – I never minded when somebody went deep. Now, I think I was – I think I was fast enough to justify being able to say that. But I think – I think I was more afraid of somebody who had – who could like – who was just like a beautiful route runner. Like say – like. And I know you're probably going to laugh at me for this. Say what you want about his production on the field. But when Amari Cooper was on the Raiders, watching him run routes was insane. I had, ne- like, I had never really paid attention to how quickly a wide receiver can just go from full speed to stopping on a dime. But he made me notice when he was on the team because the dude just could go in and out of cuts so quickly. And Antonio Brown can do that too. And I know Tyreek Hill can as well, but yeah. Antonio Brown's a more polished route runner. So if I'm talking, I think, because I think if you're going to run with somebody on a straight vertical, sometimes you know when somebody's going to run on a straight vertical. Like as a corner, sometimes it was really easy to tell when somebody was going to go deep because they would just explode off the line. So if you can recognize early that he's going to go deep, then it's easier to just go right in your right into a full out sprint to stay with him. But if somebody with Antonio Brown, you know, you got him, you, he can explode off the line at 15 yards down the field, just plant his foot and just be like, stop on a dime. Uh, so Antonio is a more polished route runner. So I think as a corner, I'd be more afraid of that route runner than somebody just running straight deep. I just feel like there's no more helpless feeling in sports to see a guy that's like, two, three yards ahead of you, and you know the football's coming to him. That's just what, I, that's just what I'm afraid of. I guess that's my own insecurities coming in. But, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I mean, that's just, like I said, that's a – I mean, that's just a matter of opinion. They're different positions. You know, you played safety, I played corner, so we're just looking at it differently. I guess what I'm trying to say is Antonio Brown should be, like, the 19th spot. Well, you know what the funny thing is, is that a couple spots down from 19th is Odell at 23. And don't, don't, yeah, don't. Well, I, well, I know yeah. I was going to, I was going to say, I think, I think he definitely belongs below all four of those guys. Yeah, he's, I, he's too, he's too much hype. Yeah. I, I definitely think he, he belongs down there. Um, JJ Watt is 12. Von Miller is 10. Khalil Mack mm-hmm. is three. Aaron Donald is one. I do not have any problem with that. The funny thing is, is you know those – so for those of you that don't know, uh, Madden released not too long ago their four ninety nine overall players. So basically that means Madden's four best players in the game. And the four best players in the game were uh, Aaron Donald, Khalil mm-hmm. Mack, it was DeAndre Hopkins and Bobby Wagner. Yeah. Which I think was the one that kind of surprised people. And so it's kind of funny reading the NFL top 100 list and seeing Bobby Wagner at 15. 
and DeAndre Hopkins at 11 and Khalil Mack at three and Aaron Don- so Aaron Donald at one but that would just that justifies Madden's 99 overall but you look at these NFL rankings and you know they don't even match up I'm not saying that the Madden rankings are nearly as I, I don't guess accurate as the NFL ones but like do you think do you think JJ Watt should be above Von Miller no it's tough because JJ Watt it's two different positions stays- when he stays on the field, the reason his production is lower, I don't think he's a worse player, but just because he gets more of attention from offensive linemen and play callers are running plays away from him. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why his, his production is skewed from when he was the number one player back-to-back years, how many years ago? Right. I think 12 is actually higher than I would have guessed for him because I think he's kind of a forgotten piece in the NFL. Right. Um, I'll ask you another question before we kind of move on. Uh, I guess I'll just sort of make this the last one. Todd Gurley is ranked five and the number one running back in the NFL. Do you think he's the number one running back in the NFL? Based off of last season, yeah. Well, that'll be interesting. People oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. People forget he was he was in the MVP conversation until his hamstring blew out and his knees decided that they had arthritis. Right. He was in the MVP conversation. He did have seventeen touchdowns, which was way Easy. more than any, uh, any other running back. But he didn't have the rushing title last year. So, I mean, it's it's, it's about putting the ball. In the end zone, Jason. Well, then, based on that argument, Antonio Brown should be number one on your list for wide receivers. Nah, he's trash. Oh, well, he's trash. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Um, so, so that was kind of a little breakdown of the top twenty, um, and a little bit farther down on the uh, NFL top one hundred of <clears throat> players list. If you guys, I would love to hear what you guys thought about that list because I think this is more than anything, it boils down to a matter of – I mean, obviously it's a matter of opinion because this was voted on by NFL players, but it will be interesting to hear what you guys have to say about that. Um, so we introduced a new segment at the beginning of this called Listen Up, and we're going to introduce another segment. Uh, this title, the, not, the title of it was actually Sam's title, so he got the uh, yep. he got the um, the credit for this one. So you can go ahead and say the title for the first time. So, so a little story behind this. Uh, when I work – I work at a restaurant and I am so committed to this podcast that I'm just thinking up ideas the whole time. And I will just text Jason if I have like a random idea for a segment or a name or something like that. And this one, I think we struck gold. It's a debate segment that we're going to call it. Say it with your chest. Say it with your chest. And he's not kidding about sending me texts because I was in the middle. I'm a personal trainer, and I was in the middle of teaching uh, a class, and I just got bombarded with like, dude, what about this? Dude, what about this? Dude, what about this? And I was like, I can't even answer right now. <laughs> I'm in the middle of a class. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> the one thing that we're – the I would say the first question that we're going to talk about um, is something that we haven't covered on the podcast, and I want to put this first because – 
Uh, if we have to spend a lot of time on it, then I want this to be the one. And I, you and I both agree this is the one we should probably uh, spend the most time on because we haven't covered this yet on the podcast. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit of golf real quick, but not specifically golf itself. We're going to talk about two players, which is Brooks Kepka and Tiger Woods. And the question is – Wait, wait. Is there any other golfer? Is there – Are there any two golfers? <laughs> those are the only ones right well right now it seems like when it comes to covering uh the pga tour um based to based on viewership exactly who moves if those two aren't if those two aren't in it no one's watching nobody's watching um so the question is is brooks kepka good for golf and the reason why this is a question is because tiger woods is as a player, he's so fundamentally in tune with golf. He loves golf, absolutely loves everything about it, would spend just a countless millions of hours practicing his craft, which served him well. I mean, he's freaking Tiger Woods. So, But you have this guy who's so synonymous with the word golf and the sport itself, just how dedicated and how passionate he is about the sport. And then you have Brooks Kepka, who would comes out basically like, yeah, I think I'll play some golf today. And he just goes out and wins all these majors. So they're both ridiculously successful. But Brooks Kepka is just like, he was complaining. He was, he was uh, a couple tournaments ago, was complaining about pace of play, saying it was too slow because he had stuff he like wanted to do that day. <laughs> so... The question really is, is is Brooks Kepka good for golf? Can Brooks Kepka continue to move the needle like Tiger did, being such being such a dramatically different player than Tiger Woods is, personality wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So And this is why you can, you can start segment called called Say with Your Chest. No wavering, no sit standing in the middle. You gotta say it. Say it with your chest, Jason. Well, actually, you're going to go first. <laughs> no, I'm going first. I'm going first. I'm just letting you know. I'm laying that down. All right. Let's lay it down. Let's do it. I am on the stance that Brooks Kepka's way of handling the PGA and all their tournaments is fundamentally not what golf wants and will ultimately hurt the sport. Okay. Why is that? Because golf, it's a pretty stuck-up sport. They have their traditions, their ideals, and the, I think the reason people gravitated towards Tiger was he's more of like a nerdy guy that just eats, sleeps, drinks golf. It was it was good to see him. Well, now it's good to see him succeed and just talk golf. People just eat it up when Tiger reviews moments that happens. I, I doubt you're going to see Brooks Kepka doing that just because he can't be bothered. Which I I love Brooks Kepka. I'm I'm a fan of his, but I don't think you want him leading your way. Because it's just not a good message you want to send to younger golfers. You want golfers to come up and try to be the best they're going to be. And to be the best, you need to practice. And it just so happens that he's 
so gifted and talented that he doesn't need to practice as often as say a Tiger Woods does or a Rory does or a Phil does. But more oftentimes than not, you have to practice, 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 and especially with golf, because golf is more finesse and technique and just all those little things that you need that you want to be sending the message as golf that you need to work on it. So you're saying that people gravitated towards Tiger because he was so invested in the sport and he he clearly was trying to be like pe- people appreciated how hard he was working. Not not the second to his play on the course was just listening to him talk about playing. Cuz you just learn so much from what he's saying and like how hard he studies each course and the amount of hours he puts in. Mm-hmm. It's it's just entertaining in itself. Right. And I can see, and that's a valid point. I understand. I mean, you look at, um, I mean, Kobe was such a polarizing figure for, for a lot of people, but the one thing that people settled on with Kobe was just how ridiculously hard he worked. And that was one thing that was always respected about him was his mentality about the game of, I mean, freaking mama mentality. I mean, that's where that came from. So, no, I understand what you're saying, but I don't, and this is a debate topic, so this is the side that I fall on. I do think. Hey, you got to say it with your chest. I do think that Brooks Kepka is good for golf and can be good for golf. And the reason why I say that is, and maybe it's just because, maybe it's just because I identify with Brooks Kepka because I, I do not have the time or, I mean, you know, I just, I don't have the time really to, to go and invest as much as I would want to, because I love playing golf. Sam and I both love playing golf. Um, Sam more recently. Sometimes more than others. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sam has sort sort of more recently picked it up than I did. I've been playing for a while, but I'm not somebody who goes out and um, plays every week. You know, I, the, I mean, I'm, I think I'm pretty good. The lowest round that I've shot is an 85. I think that's respectable, but I'm not. But I'm not as good as one of our buddies who plays up in Oregon, who will eventually be on the show. Uh, he's a collegiate golfer, so I'm I'm not I'm the most like I'm not the greatest golfer. So I don't have, and because of work and because of my other passions, I don't have the time to devote to golf. I just don't. Uh, but I play when I can. So when I hear Brooks Kepka say, you know, I'd rather go – when I watch him bench pressing like 225 pounds, like I identify with that because I love lifting and I love golf as well. And so I understand that a dude like Brooks Kepka, and I feel like dude is the appropriate word for Brooks Kepka. <laughs> yeah. I feel like – somebody like Brooks Kepka who can ha- who I think it's I love listening to him talk about stuff that he that he likes to do outside of golf because guess what he's at a PGA tournament we know he likes golf he may not love it but he we know do he, we though no we well if he didn't do we though if he didn't really like it he wouldn't be there hey, there is that some, money though there well it's yes, that money Jason. it is a lot you're right 
you're right. And maybe and maybe Brooks Kepka is one of those guys who treats it more like a job instead of like his life. It it looks like it. It looks and that's like why it. I think it kind of putting him as the face. I understand having him as a star because you need for golf to be good, you need rivals and stars. So if if they have Brooks and Rory for sake because Tiger's not going to be there forever. If Rory picks it up or Jordan Smith picks it up and challenges Brooks in all these majors, I would lean more towards putting the face on Jordan or Rory because they're the typical golfer you want to see. And the golf channel is appealing to golfers. Yeah, but know- here's well, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off there for a second because you said something that um, that I think is interesting you you were saying that um you were talking about golf and and how much these play and how much people like tiger and jordan and rory make it such their life but when you talk about every day-to-day life like if brooks kepka really is treating this as a job and not a lifestyle well doesn't 99 percent of the people on the planet do that like i understand that some people's jobs have to be taken home but i mean a lot of people go into a job because because of the money. So oh, it doesn't. Wanna, can you can blame say, Brooks Kepka? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, sorry, but sorry, but. Well, I interrupted you, so you go ahead. <laughs> when when you see Brooks play, they when you ever listen to him playing or listen to announcers talking about him playing, they compare him to like a robot and how he's just so consistent and how he attacks every hole. The, yeah. The reason we gravitated towards Tiger was those emotional outbreaks when he sinks a putt to force a playoff in the U.S. Open. And he just hits you with that giant fist bump. You don't really get that from Brooks as much as you do with Tiger with that emotional outbreaks. And then Rory is more of a character than Brooks, I'd say, just because he's like he's just a beloved figure in the sport of golf. I think you need someone that shows that emotion and the love for the game. And you don't really get that from Brooks. I mean, I get the emotion thing, but I don't know. Maybe it's just me. And I mean, I, two of my all time favorite players in the NBA were Tim Duncan and now Kawhi Leonard. And both of those guys were, are, are extremely quiet, but would go out there on a day-to-day basis and just destroy you. And I don't know. There's something about that I, that I find unique. Somebody who can just show up, not say a word, doesn't have to really be super emotional and just goes, yeah, I'm going to win. And I'm not going to say anything while I'm doing it. You're just going to look up at the scorecard and you're going to see that I'm four strokes ahead of you. You lost. Well, your, your favorite food is day-old broccoli. So that kind of shows what your personality is like. Okay, first of all, that's a I'm going. I want those sugar <laughs> cookies. I want that cake. I want that ice cream sundae because that's what gives me happiness in life. And you're going with your broccoli, your Tim Duncans, your Kawhi Leonard's, your Brooks Kepkas. And I'm going to be over here with my Tiger, my Rory, my LeBron. Does anyone exude more emotion? Or Russell Westbrook, how fun is it to watch Russell Westbrook play basketball? No matter what your opinion of his game is, he might be one of the most entertaining players just because of the emotion he exudes. No, and I get court. it. And I get it too. And the thing is, the thing is though, that I would counter to that is you remember in the playoffs with Kawhi Leonard, when he hit that game winner, how ex- like 
just ecstatic it was, hit like freaked out he was. I mean, he was screaming, yelling. He was he was through the roof when he hit that shot. And as somebody who doesn't do that, that was nice to see. Just and I understand this is kind of going to your point, but what I I don't think it has to be that way all the time because I think I think when I watch Kawhi Leonard play and I watch Brooks play and I watch Tim Duncan play, part of the reason why they weren't necessarily so emotional is because they're so freaking focused that nothing nothing that's going on around them is going to affect them because all they care about is winning and that's and you can say what you want about brooks and caring about golf he wants to win he's he's Mm -hmm. a competitor so yeah there's no argument in that yeah he's a competitor and i think what's cool about that is that like nothing he doesn't get too high and he doesn't get too low. He just he'll celebrate when he's won. And it's all the stuff in between is all ancillary until he until he gets what he wants, which is that win. So and I I don't know, maybe I just relate to it because I was kind of the same way. Like, yeah, I had some emotional outbursts, but I I just wanted to win. That's all I cared about. And I don't know, as a as a competitor, I really like that being able to shut everything completely out. And just go, no, I'm here to win. That's all I care about. And I don't I personally don't care about Brooks Kepka talking about what like what his passions are outside of golf. Like I wanna know I wanna know who Brooks Kepka is. Like we know who Tiger Woods is as a golfer because he talks mm-hmm. golf all the time. But now we know who Brooks Kepka is as a person. Like Brooks Brooks yeah. is tr- Brooks is trying to tell everybody, like, look, yeah, I play golf, but it's just a job. I, I'm <laughs> I'm Brooks Kepka, the dude. And also, instead of Brooks Kepka, the golfer, and I appreciate that. I don't think I think what you're kind of arguing is the success that Brooks Kepka is going to have because I think Brooks Kepka, like it obviously worked four times in majors. He's going to win a lot more. I just I don't agree with if you're the executive of golf, you're running things, and if you're the executive of any sport. There's a reason Tim Duncan and Kawhi Leonard weren't your faces of the league. Your Kobe's and your LeBron's were. Because they're, they're things, they're people that you can feed off of with emotion. There's those highlight plays that you can market and grow your league. And that's what your Tiger does for golf. I just don't see that if you're putting Brooks as the face of golf, I don't see golf growing as much as if Rory was having the same success with the same, with more emotion and more dedication. But see, I think there's two different arguments there. I think there's the one argument that Tiger Woods might be better for marketing, but is Brooks Kepka his play style bad for the actual game of golf? I think those are two different arguments well how do you how do you define bad for the game it's not like he's gonna go to every course and take up the grass like how how does him influence the game well just negatively well just because if somebody watches him say a kid watches him play you know play golf and he real and I don't know, because you were talking about people watching him playing golf and people growing up yeah. watching Tiger Woods play. Well, if people grow up and watch Brooks Kepka play, then you know they might see that, okay, well, I don't have to necessarily make golf my life, and I could still 
and I could still be, you know, I could still have all these other things. And, you know, I, I don't think that necessarily is, is going, I don't think that if somebody watched Brooks Kepka and watched Tiger Woods and how they play and you, you see, you see Tiger Woods, how he's just all golf and Brooks Kepka, how he's golfing some other stuff. Yeah. I think everybody knows that you have to be dedicated at the beginning to get there. And then, yes, you have to be dedicated to keep up your craft, but it's totally acceptable to have other hobbies outside of golf. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but if you're, if you're talking, because if you're just talking about some random Joe in America and he looks at Brooks Kepka play and he's like, oh, yeah, I, I want to go do that and plays once every month. That's that's not going to hurt the game of golf. You're we're talking. I'm talking about your potential golfers who are looking to be at that top level. If I if they look at how Brooks got there, that's like a false sense of hope because he's just so supremely talented. He doesn't have to work at it. But if you were to look at how Tiger plays and more not how he plays but how he prepares compared to Brooks is a more realistic way of achieving your goals. And then that in turn raises the talent of the sport itself. If everyone were to just say that they would prepare like Brooks, but as gifted as Brooks or as talented golf, the level of the PGA and the European tour would diminish over time because you're not having players practice so diligently. That's what I was saying with the, kids and like youth coming up getting influenced by the two different games well you see the thing is like i understand what you're saying with that but i think people know that brooks kepka had to work you know for thousands of hours to get i mean they both both brooks kepka and tiger woods are in the top one percent for how many people have actually practiced golf like it's not even it's not even question now, yes. you, don't, you don't see that from the reports of how he prepares. But do you have to? But I don't think you necessarily have to. I mean, he's a PGA Tour golfer. It's more exciting as a reporter to talk about, oh, yeah, did you hear what Brooks Kepka said about uh, he wants to play faster than, you know, listening to be like, oh, yeah, he, he was at the practice range for, you know, five hours yesterday. I don't think that necessarily matters once you're at the – I mean, once you're that, once you're a PGA golfer, I, I would actually like to hear that. Actually, and see, I if, guess I would like to hear the other stuff. If I hear that Brooks Kepka is this good because he spent five hours a day at the driving range, which if he did, then why don't I want to hear it? But we don't hear that. If I hear that, then I, me as a player, and if I want to get better, I'm going to emulate that. That's just. That's, I guess, the way I think. If I hear a guy puts up a thousand shots a day, and now he's like an extremely good shooter, I would want to emulate that. But see, like I think with Brooks Kepka, like Brooks Kepka, like everybody knows that PGA golfers put in thousands of hours to go play. I like hearing about the stuff, the other stuff that they do because they're golfers. We know they practice golf. We know they play golf. I like watching Brooks do other stuff too because now I feel like I'm learning about him. Like I get to I get to see who this guy is instead of just him on the golf course, you know? 
you get you get interviews with all the players and you see them per, like we know Tiger Woods now just from how much he's been covered and I think we do more recently. how long we've played. Yeah, but I I do like I do think I do think there is something to be said about really diving into who they are as people instead of golfers instead of who they are just as golfers is just as interesting, if not more interesting. Yeah. And I, because now, because now you're bringing in like, I mean, yes, because what you said about Brooks Kepka maybe being a machine on the course, well, now you get, yeah, he might be a machine on the course, but now you get his personality outside of the course. So when he's on, when he's playing, you can go, okay, he's just, He's a calm, steady golfer, and then when he gets off, he turns into he turns into himself again. Like he's he becomes, a cool dude. He's, yeah, he's just a cool dude. And I think that, and I think there's something to be said about um, having your golf stay with your golf, and then your personality to shine outside of golf. But let me ask you: Where are you watching these guys? On what medium are you watching them? ESPN uh, or. ESPN or the Golf Channel or Zero. You're you're watching them at golf events. You want to see them play and talk golf. That's that's what brings you there. That that whole personality stuff is just extra. But you want what brings you there is your love for golf. If you if you have no interest in golf, you're not turning that channel on. So why don't you feed to the people that are interested in your sport? But you already know those people are going to be there. The, the, the true golfers are going to be there. You can't always assume. But, That's but, what happens to baseball. But the thing now is, base, though, baseball is that, dead. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't, have an, I don't watch enough baseball to really know that. They but. didn't market their stars. But you they didn't market their Mike Trouts. Well, you I need know. to market your Jordan Spieth and your Rory McIlroy's and your Brooks Kepka, but Mike he, Trout? He, he can't be your face. Look, I'm sorry, but Mike Trout is a terrible example for that, and the reason why is because Mike Trout and Brooks Kepka are the same player. They're, no, they're both no. Mike Trout is very quiet. That's because you don't watch baseball, and they don't market him. Well, Mike Trout is just everything. Everything I've ever heard about Mike Trout is the dude's a machine. Like he's just a machine. And which is no, the exact he, is, he has so much fun on the baseball field. You can see that in when he plays. You don't see that when Brooks Kepka plays. That that's that doesn't mean that it's bad for the sport. I like okay, he, okay, okay. Brooks has a killer I need, mentality. I need to I need to clarify something. I don't think Brooks Kepka is awful for the sport. I don't think he hurts the sport. I just don't think he's what's best for the sport to grow. If that makes sense. Yeah, I'm no, saying I, with my chest. Yeah. Yeah. with my chest, Jason. <laughs> and you know what? Actually, we can finish it on that. That's that big old uh, closing statement from uh, from Sam right there. And honestly, that Brooks Kepka and uh, Tiger debate, um, I'm glad we started with that first because that turned into, I think, a, a pretty good conversation and one that I, I think we both kind of figured was going to go on for a minute because we both had pretty strong thoughts about that. I was really worried about it. Because when you posed the question to me, I was like, I'm kind of on your side with it. But as 
as I talked about it, I was like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> totally convinced yourself. Yeah, that, I mean, I was just, I was just so elegant in how I changed everyone's mind. So, yeah. uh, oh no, I get it, I get it. But I think most people are going to side with me at the end of this. So, uh, <laughs> well, you like broccoli. But I love broccoli. <laughs> you eat your vegetables. Let me tell you right. Let me tell you right now. If you take broccoli, put it in the oven, bake it with some salt on it. Oh, it's amazing. You got the San Antonio Spurs? Oh gosh, it's oh perfect, perfection. I want, I want my Miami Heat. Miami Heat. <laughs> um. So. Yeah, so that'll do it for us on uh, Nothing to Say. There was one thing that I did want to address uh, before we before we close the show. Is we did mention that this episode we were going to have a guest appearance. Well, that guest appearance did fall through, but... Oh, yeah, I guess surprise, we didn't. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, he will be he will be on our... Uh, show uh in the in the upcoming weeks it just scheduling didn't work out yeah you're not gonna um, you're not even gonna promise the next week's show i was, I was no, thinking you're gonna, gonna promise. promise the next one no 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 yeah um, he flaked he's fake he, he kind of did but he had a good reason he had a good reason um yeah, i guess so <laughs> so we're uh, out of my chair that's professional <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's not, which is the whole niche of the show, because we are not even in the realm of professional. So we're just uh, call students, pretty much. So, um, so yeah, he will be on the show eventually. Um, we're not sure when, but it will most likely be sooner rather than later. So, uh, yeah. In recap, we got the uh, little pet peeves at the beginning, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, that seems like a day ago that we did that. I know, seriously. Uh, and then we introduced uh, two new segments, uh, Listen Up and Say With the Chess, and we went over the NFL Top 100 list. So um, if you guys enjoyed Episode 3, please, please let us know. Uh, please subscribe to the, uh, to the channel. Uh, we would love to, uh, love to get more people uh, listening to this podcast. It's done uh, pretty well uh, to start off, I think, better than uh, either one of us were expecting. So if we can keep that yeah. momentum going, that'd be fantastic yeah follow us on spotify so you're notified every time we upload a new episode and we're really going to try to stick to a two episodes per week so just Mm -hmm. keep your eyes out for that Mm -hmm. so uh with that being said our next episode will probably be uh, Monday. I have something going on this weekend. Yeah. Uh, for those of you, for those of you that don't know, I'm in the military. I'm a United States Marine Reservist, um, and I uh, I had drill this weekend. So uh, hey, you gotta say that with your chest. Say it with my chest. I am a United States Marine Reservist. So what country? <laughs> so uh, I have I'm I'm busy this weekend, so I cannot. Uh, we can't get one out on Saturday or Sunday, but we will most likely have one out. Uh, most likely be filming Monday night and then putting one out on Tuesday. And then we will. Yeah, uh, I, doubt, I doubt Monday night. Someone's coming to my place Monday, maybe Monday morning, but. Okay. Well then next week. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so, so we were going to try to do two a week, but we failed the third week, I guess. So <laughs> sorry about it guys. Oh, well, you know what? We'll, uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. So. 
It's it's not like any of you guys are listening to the whole thing in one sitting. I know. I hope not. That's like too much of me and Jason just speaking, spewing out nonsense. Pretty much. Pretty much. So, um, all right. So that is uh, that is it for uh, episode three of Nothing to Say. We uh, we hope you enjoyed, and we will see you next week sometime. <laughs> we'll see you when you see me. We'll see you when we see you. Yeah. Yeah.